Yes, it's, it's really unfortunate for him and then finding himself in 18th now. He can at least look at the clock and be like, it's 1 hour 55 minutes. That gives me a bit of time to actually react to it. And he might can have a comeback, but it's it's bad compared when he started, right? He wants to be completely uh, at the different side of the grid, I would say. Uh, but for now, he has to find himself in the beautiful green Lamborghini a bit further down the line. Yeah, if we look at Season 2, Yuri Kastov had many highlight moments. He was close to winning a race so, so often, but it never really happened for him. And when we look at Demelio, it also shows like, consistency is key, right? You can make it into pro without ever winning a race, and that's totally fine. Jordi Suisi will be happy with the start into the season. He will last 15 seconds. He's still first. Jan von der Heide will come across the line now for Sanchez Simspor. Let's see where he ends up on his 13th for now. Is there any... Improvement for him, there is! Man. He actually goes on third right in front of Nuno Pinto, who is now with Team Fordzilla, and that pushes Ferry Stanley uh, back to fifth. Alright, time for me to step up. Wait, this isn't Forza? <laughs> Off we go. Hockenheim rings, so kinda, I would say, home court advantage. Obviously, with this being Unreal 5, it looks already very good. It has good traction in the rear. It's like you could feel that the engine, like weight shifting in general, already feels very nicely. So from the sands of the Middle East, we head to a particular place in Germany. And my next guest, you might know him from plenty of uh, sim racing exploits, including the R Factor 2 Formula Pro Series, the GT Challenge, the GT Pro Series. He's also one of the more, more recognizable names on Nitro Nights as we welcome Germany's René Butler alongside. Uh, René and I have known each other for uh, I think it's a couple of years now. I think back from your days yeah. at Studio 397. How are things? Uh, great, right? I mean, uh, on, on both ends, I'm not working for Studio 397 anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking for a new challenge, but yep. seeing them strive and bringing new content to the title is, is also great for me. So I would say works out for everyone. It does indeed. Um, now, René is not only, uh, well, in, in esports, commentators are known as casters and René is one of the very few people that I know of that can actually cast in both his native language and also in English, So, which is quite a good skill. It's something that I need to strive towards at some point. Who knows? Um, get there, Alex. <laughs> but, but also, René, for those that don't know, actually runs his own team, but also not just races in the sim racing world, but also has been racing in real life, but Lopal Motorsport. Um, René, first question here on Commentator's Corner, and thank you very much for taking the time because we're actually recording this ahead of a Nitro Knights um, community race uh, as we speak, which is happening in a couple of hours. Um, how did you get bitten by the motorsport bug and who was, who was the big or who were the big influences in that? To get involved in motorsport. Or, yeah. Or how you got bitten by the bug. I'm a, I, I grew up in Germany, right? Um, my dad, I'm not coming from a motorsport family, but my dad was an F1 fan. Uh, watcher <laughs> uh saw every single race back then obviously uh michael schumacher was still a big thing so uh, that's where it all started so i watched all the formula one races back then i uh, really got into gt cars and something like that so i, I like cars that look a bit more like stuff i could see on the road uh than open wheelers nowadays and um mm -hmm. from there on um, like every little kid i was dreaming about one day being f one driver um yeah. spoiler did not happen <laughs> yeah true true um so you know germany we know is the land of schnitzel uh october well a lot this is what this is the stigmatism and obviously being i've never Ang been on an oktoberfest just saying. no no exactly so people think that 
Oktoberfest lasts for a couple of days. Actually, it's a three-week festival. Thank you very much. Schnitzel is a traditional dis- dish, not just in Germany, but also in Austria, amongst other places. And of course, Germany is home to the legend that is the Autobahn. And if you haven't driven on it, where have you been under your rock for the last few years? Um, but uh, of course, where you're located at the moment, Rene, you're not too far from a very particular famed iconic racetrack in Germany, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much around me. Uh, a lot of countryside, hills, grass and trees. But in between there, there's like this um, little country road that sometimes serves as a track uh, that people might know out there. Uh, so, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm living close to the Nürburgring, Nordschleifen. Yeah, which you've also been on the, uh, well, the legendary tourist Farten, which uh, we, we do see with the likes of... Um, you know, quite a few people, quite a few celebrities within the YouTube-averse in terms of um, supercar people, such as Shmi 150, um, Seen Through Glass, amongst others. They all have been around the Nordschleife in many, many different uh, vehicles, including a G63 AMG as well, I might add. Um, but how did you get involved in casting in terms of commentary? Um, where did you get your start from that? Um, back in the days around, what is that? 2003, 2004. Um, I was still heavily involved in lift for speed. Um, trying my best to actually stick with Niels Naljoks and other big names that you <laughs> still hear nowadays, right? Or Danny Engels, who's, uh, an yep. sports manager, uh, by now, uh, in the U S. Um, so I was racing in the uh, Intel pro series, which was back in the days, the biggest national championship we had here. So there was money on all the different positions. There were live streams live streams back in the days, mm-hmm. um, radio live streams even. Uh, <laughs> so it's Ooh. internet radio is still big. And at one point uh, I was invited uh, to an interview um, by, I think the first one was NBC Giga, which back then was a ch- channel here that only covered like gaming media, something like mm-hmm. that, uh, with an own studio in Cologne. Started that, um, clicked really well. And um, when they asked me uh, after the, I did another show at ESL TV back then that existed already in 2004, the first version I tested, I did a live review of Juiced, actually, if anyone remembers that, um, mm. the competitor to Need for Speed back then. Uh, and from there on, I decided, you know what, I managed to get into the Pro Series. To be honest, I'll never win it. <laughs> so uh, I was really, my, my my real target was getting into the Pro Series to one day be on a stream and have a lower third underneath a car in a design that I drive. Mm. Oh, saying my name and my teammates, it's everything I wanted to achieve. So I had yeah. that. And I was like, all right, they're looking for someone that can actually commentate on these. And it's part of the TV shows. Um, so I kind of switched sides while still competing, uh, but not, not anymore in the Pro Series. And uh, yeah, for, from there on. So, so basically since 2004. Two seconds. Just you to do that later on. It's just to be scanned. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. Accounts. Sorry about that. <laughs> no At least I can edit it out afterwards. Um, <clears throat> so really, we, I mean, the next question after what I was saying was, how did you get involved in commentary? The next one is who helped you get involved and you sort of like being in the scene. It sort of, um, it seemed like it was a natural progression from when you were saying that, you, uh, because you and I have both commentated on Miles Noyox now with BS competition. 
along with the likes of Gregor Schill, Atokamoa, amongst others, who myself and David Christie, we've commentated on when they were... Uh, I mean, we know that Niels is, is an absolute alien when it comes to Assetto Corso Competizione, uh, amongst <laughs> other platforms. Um, but that really sort of segues... Uh, what, what you said just then sort of segued really nicely into that question that I don't actually need to ask you, which is who helped you get involved? Because you being there in the scene, it it's always about like you see a lot of casters from like, say, Rocket League, for instance, who have been in, you know, in the, in the top echelon, the top third in Rocket League, and they've gone on to become casters. I mean, that just goes to show how uh, how closely knit the the fraternity within esports it actually is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we can't really compare that to nowadays anymore, right? Like back then, we were competing with a lot less people. Uh, that's for sure. I would yeah. probably not make it to the Pro Series nowadays anymore, <laughs> uh, looking at the grids. And maybe I'm just not the person that's that's willing to practice enough for that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you probably know from yourself, we like to talk, right? That kind of yeah. leads one thing to another. Uh, and you would like to talk about things you're really passionate about. Um, obviously. I had, like, I, I ventured in different genres in between because back in the days, um, sim racing wasn't big. I mean, it's it's not it's still not big next to mainstream esports, right? So um, by now, I did um, Rainbow Six Pro League. Uh, I hosted the Clash of Clans World Championship on ESL One uh, PlayStation stage uh, for a new presentation of games. So I did a lot of mainstream esports, but sim racing always been like, hey, that that's mine. That's that's something mm. I. I basically work on since since before the sim racing term was born, right? It wasn't really a true. thing back then. Yeah, um, yeah, very true. It's it's different for people nowadays, right? Because all these structures are already there. I mean, uh, today you get a commentator coming in and he's like, "Oh, they're not paying. I'm not doing it," which I can understand. It's work, right? And mm-hmm. if you're good at something, uh, you should be paid for your work. No problem there. But if you then compare that to how many shows, and I'm not just talking about online streams, I'm talking about studio shows back in the days. I did yeah. for absolutely free, just because there was no budget, mm-hmm. uh, there were no structures for that, and you were basically just there to say, hey, we want to do something for sim racing, I want this event to be cool. Yeah. Right, so let's uh, carry on with where we were. We were talking about, yeah, like you were saying, people um, back in the day when sim racing not being on the stage that it is now um, where people, as you said, like yourself, were doing it free. When I got into sim racing commentary in May, 2020, I did it for a laugh because I thought, well, we're currently in this current situation. Maybe the situation isn't going to be around too long. And then I find myself being um, one of the more recognized real life commentators that has made the transition across that divide and has broken that glass ceiling to now become well-known within sim racing. Not on the level of people like, say, Actual Vision, Lewis McGlade, Lewis, uh, who we've both worked with in person. People like, say, Luke. People like, say, Arjuna Kankapati as well from Racebot. There's, there's quite a lot of um, sim racing commentators out there. Um, and it looks like there's, you know, even Radio Le Mans, John Hindor. Um, and Nick yeah, Damon, they, they, they made the transition to the, to the, the virtual. Did you had an uh, interview with Actrovision already? No, no, no. That's coming up in a future episode. Uh, I have really? got that planned. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wanting to see if he, if he tells the story or not. <laughs> Luke. Yeah. That, that episode is being recorded next week. 
uh, because nah, no, it's, 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 we, it's we, nothing we bad. No, no, no. But I know, I know, I know who paid for his PC to actually switch commentary to PC. Well, there you go. That's that's another story for another time. <laughs> that um, was that was only toast and water for me for two months. But okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the the thing is, is that. We are in a stage where sim racing, there is big money coming into sim racing now. There's a lot of prize pools where I think, what is it? The Adiati Gitti Masters powered by EMBW plus mobility. They've got a 70,000 euro prize pool. There's a team's competition up and running uh, for this season. They, they just had their first round of the championship at Brands Hatch, which I understand was a bit of a corker. Um, but I always like, I, I, the thing is because Renee and I are so busy, I normally try and get a, I, I want to talk about a funny moment. Now, I rem- I remember watching a certain young René Butler doing car reviews, and your hair was a bit more wayward than what it is now. Uh, you, you've definitely you've definitely become a bit. At more least you found the car reviews and not the other ones. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, when you think about it, doing car reviews a pretty cool thing. Um, but your hair, mate, it was all over the shop. It had gone a bit wild, a bit like Tarzan or something, hadn't it? Uh, I, first of all, back then I didn't have to colour my hair like I have to do now, right? Like I turned 34 in in a bit more than a week. Uh, by now, all my hair, that's, it's not just that. Basically, everything is grey, so it's coloured. Uh, I'm all fake. Uh, back in the days, so that wasn't the case. And to be mm. honest, while I was doing the... Um, the car reviews um like I, I was working for a motor vision and then i worked with speedheads later on and then i did a few stuff myself uh i didn't make a lot of money i was i was still at the university and basically it was enough to somehow get a bit of water and a bit of bread for real that was uh <laughs> plus the car i had because i always had a sports car i was willing to to give everything away just to make sure that i have a sports car <laughs> and uh so there wasn't any money left and um, that's no joke I just didn't have the money to get a haircut. That's why on some of these videos, you see me looking absolutely wild because the haircut was one of these things where I was like, you know what? You don't really need that to yeah. do all the other things. So rather uh, save that money. And that's the real reason why <laughs> that looks a bit stupid sometimes. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 this is the whole point of Commentator's Corner. We have a laugh at our own expenses. My hair uh, on multiple times has been completely wayward. I remember... Uh, actually, funny enough, during the pandemic, and I, it was the first opportunity I'd had a haircut in five months. And I remember putting, I posted on Instagram, and it was like, you had the So Fresh and So Clean from Outcast song as that was happening, like before. And then So Fresh and, and I was like thinking, I'm making myself look like a complete and utter pillock here. But that's the whole point. If we, they say that life is all about laughter, don't they, Rene? Definitely. I mean, uh, I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh, I had a lot of fun over the years uh, <laughs> in sim racing. Uh, I had some some good laughs in, in commentary in general. Um, yeah. If you, if you want to hear that, I don't know if you've that, got that much time, but I can, uh, can yeah. give you two stories. Hey, you well, fill, fill your boots, Freddie. Fill um, your boots. That's what the whole point is. When I switched for the first time from being a commentator to be a desk host, um, I went to Katowice in Poland and did the uh, Arena of Vala tournament there um, in, a, in a bigger, like an arena studio uh, in Katowice. 
And I had been on this desk and I had two guests and all that. I was quite nervous. Obviously, that was the first time for me being a desk host and being kind of in control of the flow of the show, right? Not just of, of the race, as I would normally commentate on, or the game, um, but instead of, of everything else as well, and the breaks. So I was always trying to uh, come up while talking with my end sentence to throw it into a break. So on my first attempt, like in ear says to me, like, oh, you can throw into a break, like roughly 10 seconds. We count you down. And I start my sentence and I wanted to end on don't touch your browser as in like, don't go anywhere. Right. Oh, and instead, yes. <laughs> instead I said, don't touch your brother. Uh, which, oh. which, which was a good laugh in the chat and in, in production because they got back to me immediately. Like they had into a break and it's like, did you just say, don't touch your brother? Why should people do that? It's like, what? No, it's a browser. I'm like, no, no, no. We rewatched it. You said brother. It's like, oh no. The chat was all crazy. Like, oh, that's, that's good to know. I will write that down. Not touching my brother anymore. Um, th that was fun. And then obviously that makes you nervous. Mm -hmm. So you're like, uh, all right, all right. Next time I will nail this. No problem. <laughs> So on the next break, I want to say, um, don't go anywhere. And then want to switch to stay with us. And while I start the sentence, it obviously ends up with don't stay with us. <laughs> with production coming back to me like, why do you tell people now to knock? <laughs> Just saying, if there's any future client out there, I improved, right? That is a long time ago. But uh, yeah, that, that happened. And uh, another time, actually, years later, um, I worked with most of clients for many, many years, right? Um, did a ton of ESL shows, went with G-Loot and, and some other companies there, obviously Freaks for You and others, uh, Sony especially. And then um, I had a show where I don't say who it was, but in the beginning of the show, they were like, oh, we can probably throw everything at you and you will still get it done, right? And I was like, yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> it's like you're standing in the studio like, of course, nothing can stop me, man. And then the moment they count me down, five seconds to the start of the live show, they actually put porn on my in-ear. So oh, no. <laughs> for five minutes during the start of the show, I have like a really bad poor movie on my in-ear with like a bit of talking and a bit of dirty talking and a bit of moaning. While I'll try to open the show, like, welcome everyone to, don't even know what I did, man, and, yeah. uh, and go through today's schedule and hear people laughing in the in and, and the porn movie. Oh. Um, but hey, no one, no one realized on the show that was the main point, but it was good fun. That just goes to show you when there is jocularity behind the scenes of any casting show or any live stream or LAN event or whatever, there is always someone that's going to try and pull a prank on you and Rene you got the full brunt you got the double p right there you got the porn <laughs> prank put on you mate um <laughs> but mo moving on from the the funny moments it's really good to actually hear that because that's that's the whole point you get to understand situations that my guest has been in and they'll tell them yourselves it's better for them to tell you than for me to find out the story in some of these stories i find out firsthand now obviously germany is known for a plethora of racing talent across Formula One, World Endurance Championships, sports cars, single-seaters, whatevers. Do you have any particular drivers, not that you hold high on a pedestal, but drivers that are your favourites? Are there any particular characters within the, the German real-life community um, that have sort of um, irked your interest to follow their careers? 
Definitely. Uh, probably my first pick would be some, someone that most people won't know. And that's Moritz Kranz. Probably never heard of him. Uh, I know of another Moritz who uh, is a three-time... No, not Lorna. No, who is a three-time ADAC GT Masters esports champion. Uh, and has also uh, raced in the DTM trophy. <laughs> yeah, he's now, he's now in real racing. Uh, yep. Just like Tim, Tim Heinemann, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Moritz Kranz... I think he started doing like RCN and VLAN here. He was also the first person to ever go on the Nordschleife with me. So back in the days, I, I always had sports cars, JDM sports cars. That was exactly my groove. And I was, um, for work, I was at the Nordschleife with my Evo. And I never touched the track because I was like, don't like it in sim racing, Batman, but it takes way too long. I like SL Classic from Live for Speed, you know, like tracks that are as short as possible so I can see what I improve. Didn't like Nordschleife. It took way too long. And I was there like, yeah, but I, I would never go on that track. It was like, I, I think my fourth or fifth visit. It's like, I would never go on. It's way too dangerous. And Moritz back then was, was um, in VLN, I think, already. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? I will sit next to you. Um, we can do a lap, right? So we went out there uh, with the Evo. I completely ruined my brake pads. Completely glazed afterwards. Horrible. Still a student, right? No money. It was horrible. Whatsoever. But he was next to me. And you go there. And really, you're like super afraid doing something. And he's like, yeah, so in my cup Porsche, we got 235 here. And you can be flat out over the jump. Like I said, I never really drove that track that much. Had no clue about it. You're sitting in the oh. car like, yeah, dude, of course I will do that, right? <laughs> um, so that's what, that's how I met him. Because we did... Oh, we did a race room championship together. There was a race room right. offline event for the opening of the cafe on the Nürburgring. And uh, he was taking part as well mm-hmm. because he lived here. And uh, nowadays he's actually, he's racing in the 24 hours of Daytona. He was leading last year, LMP3, uh, pole position qualification done by him, leading um, uh, the race, but they got, uh, they got crashed out. Same this year was horrible. The car was even on fire, I think, at one point. Um, didn't work well for him. Uh, he's now he was racing last season GT3 AMG in VLN. He's now in GT Open. Okay, uh, yeah. and he teaches people on the Porsche Cup in the US, so Sebring, Watkins Glen, <clears throat> all that stuff. Yeah. So he does a lot of things, but he's a super nice guy. And uh, he was here a few weeks ago uh, practicing on my simulator because he doesn't have one. He likes sim racing and he does some events. Uh, I did an ACC event with him together, but he doesn't have any equipment. So he always comes around and then we do, we do it here. And I tell you, if you ever invite Moritz Kranz for something like, what did we do? 12 hours of spa on ACC. Be prepared. He will uh, ring your doorbell at 6.30 in the morning with like a notebook and everything because he's really into MoTeC and all that, right? Because that, yeah. as a coach, he does that a lot. And then he just <clears throat> yeah. sits down for three hours in your rig, dialing in your setup, and is like, I never drove this, but I beat your time by one and a half <laughs> seconds. You can have a go now. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's a great guy to hang out with. He's an awesome racing driver. He's known as Ice Cold Moritz uh, because he's like in the rain going from last to first, in the snow going last to first. Here on Nordschleifer, he's, he's incredible. And he switches so many cars, drives on two different cars during VLN and wins on both. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. But he's still not, I think, he's, it's obviously not like Lotterer or anyone else you could say yeah. below Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, exactly. When you think of the amount of talent, like quite recently, we've got Pascal Wehrlein, 2015 DTM champion with Mercedes, has now finally won a Formula E race with Porsche <laughs> Tanqueo. Yes, uh, so, Glückwunsch, Pascal. Um, yeah, and the amount of people that race in, in DTM, like, say, Mike Hockenfeller, Marco Wittmann, both have won the title. Uh, yeah, true. René Rast, 
You know, there's so many different drivers in Germany. It's like picking a, a straw out of the drink and saying, like the drink, like the say, if you've got a Stein glass, you've got a load of straws in there. You're going to pick one, no matter what what it is. It's that's how much talent there is in Germany. It's ridiculous. Um, coming on from favorite drivers, and really, really good to hear about Morris Kanz there, Rene. Um, when you've actually met a racing driver, have you ever been starstruck when you've had that meeting? So like where you've just gone like, oh, my God, I can't believe who I'm just standing next to or who I'm in front of. Has that ever happened to Rene Butler? No, that's because uh, like I, I adore them for what they can do and everything mm-hmm. and the talent. But I was never someone to really be a massive fan you know like fandom for for like musicians and stuff like that right that was never really my my thing because like they're great they're not they're not god or whatsoever right they uh they're just really good what they're doing and they have talent and that's great and all that but they're still human right so i never really had that i had obviously moments where i was shocked with people next to me it's like i met a few drivers over my career um for example Mm -hmm. once on a formula e show i actually for whatever reason I'm not looking good today if I tell you all the bad stuff, but I had so many shows in, in a year, like over 250, and there was just one mistake, basically. But um, I said uh, Jose, uh, Juan Maria Lopez instead of Jose Maria Lopez the entire show. Oh, no. And I'm going there, and I, I know his name because I met him previously on, on the WTCR, uh, WTCC back then. Yeah. And I was like, I have no clue how that happened. And I didn't even notice. So I want to end the show. It's a live show at Formula E in Santiago. I don't know, S- somewhere. And all of a sudden he steps to me, takes my microphone and it's like, the bloody name is Jose Maria Lopez. And I'm still not connecting the bits because I didn't realize that I'd said it wrong. And production is just like, take the microphone. We need to end this because it's on, t- it's on live TV, right? Like not online, it's, it's linear TV. So I'm like taking the microphone away again. And I was like, yeah, great show, bye-bye. And I was like, what happened to him? And I had his, uh, one of his teammates, like not the driver, one of his uh, like managers, mechanics, whatsoever, on the flight back next to me. And he had a horrible race. <laughs> he was like, I think that's down to you uh, like giving a bad mojo, basically, <laughs> not knowing his name on the previous show. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm really sorry. That happened. And I had... Um, and who's the uh, Brazilian driver? Felipe Massa. Oh, Felipe, uh, yeah. I had Felipe on the stage, also at Formula E a few times. And he tends to take my microphone off my hands and then speak Spanish, Portuguese. What is it? Uh, yeah, Brazilian Portuguese because... Yeah, like, yeah so Portuguese yeah. more, yeah. yeah. Uh, to the crowd when, we're, when we are somewhere where, where they speak that language, right? And I have no clue. So I always ask him something and give him, like, hold the microphone in his direction and he takes it turns around, talks to the audience for like one and a half minutes. Every cameraman production is like, take the microphone, do something. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't even pick up on this because I have no clue what he said. And the, the crowd is like, yeah, Masa, woo, woo, woo. He's sitting next to my like, oh, okay. <laughs> no clue what I'm doing. It, it's like that uncomfortable <laughs> moment where you just think, this has gone south very, very quickly. Yes. And there is and then absolutely I just, no control that I have over this situation. Yeah, I just take it back at one point. And I'm like, <laughs> You know that I still have no clue what you said. One day it might work. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank it. you, Felipe. Thank you. For it's, like, it's always really awkward. It's like, oh man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have to learn Portuguese. <laughs> there you go. Um, right, we've got three more questions to go, go here on it. Commentators Corner. 
Um, don't forget, if you want to follow Renee on respective social medias, they are in the links in the description down below, as well as Butler Power Motorsport. Can't forget about that one, because otherwise Renee will have my guts for garters, quite literally. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, has there anyone that that you hold in esteem as a, as a commentary idol? Who do you... Not like sort of like take bits of their style, but who... Which voices, whether it be German speaking or English speaking, which commentators do you hold in, you know, in, in high respect as an idol? Won't be a German one because I don't like the German style at all, which you probably hear even when I do German commentary. I try to be as English or even American as possible mm -hmm. uh, because I don't like the German commentary style. I think it's way too dry, cold. Uh, but boring. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so probably that's once again a unpopular pick, but I would go with Lee Smith. Okay. Which you don't know, probably. Which I don't know. And uh, I'd like yeah. for you to enlighten me as well. Because <laughs> the, the, the uh, thing is, is that with this show, you get to know about the fuller spectrum. And when it comes to commentary idols, Renee's just absolutely thrown a curveball, which is why I've looked like the glazed look over my face because I'm thinking, I do not know. It's like, okay, which is registering what Renee has said. So, Renee, please explain who this individual is for the people uh, out there. Lee Demon Smith, actually. He is, oh, Demon. Uh, oh, D-E-M-A-N. Yeah, yes. yes. Now you said the, now you said the caster handle. I know exactly who you're talking about. League of Legends Worlds, obviously, he cast it on, right? Um, uh, Counter-Strike Majors, he did... Of PUBG and stuff like that. I met him back then when I signed with ESL again, uh, and we're back and also doing commentary for them. Uh, he was uh, one of the few in the talent lineup back then that was willing to pair up with the German caster. As mm. obviously I wasn't really popular uh, as, a, as a choice, right? Because everyone was like, I don't want to work with the German caster. They always sound shit. Um, <laughs> <terms of> <laughs> so uh, I ended up with Demon a lot. He, he taught me a lot. He's a, he's a great dude. Um, we hang out every now and then, uh, still do nowadays. Um, you know that I got him into sim racing, and right, he was always a Formula One fan. He went there as a kid, but he yeah. never did racing commentary. He always loved to. So when when uh, he didn't do League of Legends and Counter Strike anymore, I got him into doing Forza Racing Championship back then with me. Mm -hmm. That's that's a long time ago. And uh, he nowadays he's doing R Factor Two GT Pro Series and stuff like that. Um, because he just loves racing, and yeah. I always thought he deserves a chance because he has a great voice. Uh, mm -hmm. modularity uh he's, he's someone that can cover whatever and you know that's the, one of the biggest skills you have to have right something will always go wrong in a live show especially in studio shows whatsoever so you need someone next to you where you know like no matter what happens he will just keep calm and we can talk and have fun and people mm -hmm. will like it exactly. and he's great and I, I try to pick up his accent to get rid of my german accent uh, i learned a ton from him so yeah he's, he's definitely the idol i would go for that's a pretty good one uh next up the penultimate question is this is when my guest gets to uh, give me an idea of their favorite moments in commentary when there's just been like that wow moment or, but I always stretch it out from one. I always say that, that you have a, you have a choice. You can choose three moments that are your favorite in commentary. And you have to think about the first three that come into your head, honey. What are your, what are your favorite three moments in commentary off the bat, off your head right now? Uh, Splatoon 2, European Championship, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, there were so many cool ones, to be honest. I know. Um, Formula E in general. 
yeah um traveling the world uh with them that was that was a ton of fun and third pick probably It's not that easy. Got so many in front, and I tried to pick one <laughs> that's like the, a cool story around it. But yeah. I would probably pick oh, I'll pick a two GT Pro series because I created the format together with with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire series it's based on the old LFS Pro series, uh, yeah. so I was just super happy when we started and kicked it off. Oh. Yeah, and as you can see, movement in the background once again. We'll leave that in for this particular occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Family outfit, you know, home, home. And it's like when I say I'm recording, doesn't always get listened to. Um, I had to whisper that one quietly. Um, but the favorite, uh, the, the, this is my favorite question of all. It's the final one to round out this uh, episode of Commentator's Corner. So, Hane, firstly, thank you very much for, for jumping on board. I know you're going to be a busy man as always, but hopefully at one point I will head down to Nitro Nights when I'm actually in the locality. Um, and pop down and see you, mate. Uh, definitely sure. be good to, uh, to to come down there. Um, right. If you had no glass ceiling when it came to budget, if you had a choice of a car and a circuit that you would drive just for giggles, just for enjoying the experience, no budget, what would you go for? Race car or street car? doesn't matter there's no budget so your pick we've had race cars we've had street cars on this as well so the floor is yours my friend mm, mclaren gtr the street car the old one mm-hmm. um and as race track laguna seca you know what's really, really funny? So you're talking about the McLaren F1 GTR, aren't we? Yeah. The 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 long tail with no, the no, no. Uh, that's the race version. That's the race version. There was the there was the rope version with uh, one seat in the middle, two in the back. Yes, indeed. That's the one. So we've had the McLaren F1 now mentioned for the second show in succession, courtesy of Jake <laughs> Sanson, now headed Butler, so Danke sehr, René. But a good track, WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Um, the thing is, is that part of this question involves me giving a response, reference the the type of car and the circuit. Now, because you've thrown a little, and this is not your fault, because I never tell people previous answers. This is completely on the fly. So in the previous show with Jake Sanson, who's currently in Dubai, he chose the McLaren F1 at Suzuka. Oh. You chose in the McLaren F1. I don't like Suzuka. <laughs> um, and you chose in the McLaren F1 at Laguna Seca. Very, very good circuit. Um, 11 turns, steep elevation changes, and the fact that the course crew goes down five and a half stories in less than 600 meters. So a pretty ballsy car around a pretty ballsy track. Um, so I'm now going to have to counter this with... Um, something of the same genre. So the circuit I'm going to go, we are going to go stateside once again. We're going to go to Elkhart Lake, Road America. Ah, In terms of elevation changes, in terms of the circuit, in terms of the technicalities. The car I am going to pick is one that I've also picked before in the previous show. And you might understand where I'm coming from with this one. It is the ProDrive engineered 
Ferrari 550LM that was raced by Colin McRae back in the day. That's a, that's a nice car. You can't say much about that. <laughs> but just give us your reasoning behind the McLaren F1 the, um, at, at Laguna Seca. What was your thought pre- process behind that? Just briefly. Like, Laguna Seca is one of the few tracks I didn't drove yet in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like due to test drives and, and whatsoever. I, I'm lucky enough that I had a few tracks around the world, um, which is cool. So I would like to do that one. And the McLaren F1 is one of the few cars in the early Need for Speed titles. And although that makes me unpopular again, uh, probably, I obviously didn't start with sim racing because yeah. sim racing wasn't... Like, I, I did Michael Prost Grand Prix, the old Ubisoft F1 games. You, you might remember yes. them. They have been great. Uh, so I did all of that. But let's be real, probably everyone back then also did Need for Speed. Like the first one, the original, not underground one, the original Need for Speed. And that was all about supercars, right? Supra RX-7 was in there uh, back then that were supercars uh, because we didn't have the, the, the hyper cars we have nowadays. Yeah. And uh, the, F, uh, the F1 uh, had a cool video. You remember these, like the first Need for Speed titles had these introduction videos yes. for cars with a narrator yes, and stuff like that? I do. And I absolutely love that. And it's, it's either always the McLaren, which I think came in Need for Speed 2, mm-hmm. uh, or the um, Diablo SV. That was the cover car that I am, which is an absolute ah, beautiful car. Indeed, the Lamborghini. So I thought the McLaren's probably better to drive on a racetrack than a Lamborghini um, in terms of like driving experience. That's why I went for the McLaren. Uh, yeah, because the thing is, at least um, the McLaren's got a very reliable 6.1 litre V12 BMW lump it. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the Lamborghini, uh, they in the earlier Diablos, I think they had a chronic case of overheating problems so at least you, you I, would, I would love to, to drive the lamborghini like at a coastline yes. or something you know it's like that mm-hmm. that would look absolutely stunning and they sound amazing but yeah mm-hmm. laguna seca i think the mclaren uh one will be great well that's it for this episode episode seven of commentators corner if any butler thank you very much buddy and hopefully uh, we will meet in person i will definitely be giving you a phone call at some point when i'm working in belgium and i will come over um okay. now that things are easing up a little bit more thank goodness with the with the restrictions um but yeah look after yourself thank you very much buddy and uh, all the very best on the community race tonight thank you very much take care bye and that's it from us here at commentators corner episode eight is not too far away so join myself alex goldschmidt your host until then take care stay safe and if you love sim racing drive fast and have a lot of fun at the same time until then goodbye